Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Jesus, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon these people that we're praying for. We got cancer and livers and COVID and, and hardships and, and physical, mental, psychological, emotional breakdowns. God, we ask you that you would break through and that you would heal and touch and do a supernatural work where it seems like there is no way, you make a way. You begin to open doors that no man can shut. God, that you would shut doors that no man can open, that you would do a supernatural thing in the lives of our church family and, uh, and those surrounding. Lord, we pray that you would raise them up and heal their bodies. And we do just prophesy Psalm 91, that there is a shadow of the Most High that we dwell in. And Lord, we pray that you would be big and that your shadow would loom large and that we would find our safety in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew, I want to say a special hey to my cousin who's here from Ohio. Are you crying already? No mascara is safe in this second row. And it might not be safe all morning because I got kind of a heavy one coming anyway. Um, but anyway, Lacey, it's good to have you hanging out with us Quakers. This is how we do it, man. We got four ladies from Taylor University. Good to have you ladies here. Miss um, Kathy Harner was a professor at Taylor for how many years? 27 years. So here's four ladies, Kathy, you might want to say hey to. We've got another guest here in the back. It's great to have you as well. Anybody else that I might be missing, we just want to say hey to you. It's good to have you guys. So, yeah, who, who you got, Sandy? Did you say you had, oh, I thought you were kind of, okay, awesome. Don't do it, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on quickly. All right. This morning, um, wow, what a time in the world, and not just in our nation, but in the world today. And I want to speak to maybe what we see going on in our country as well as what we see going on across the globe, specifically what we see happening in Afghanistan, whenever it comes to the heart of God for all people. Um, and perhaps if we could get the perspective of the Lord in the midst of suffering, how many of y'all know suffering is part of the package in Scripture? You, you point to any Scripture and it is wrought with hardship and suffering. And yet, at the end of the day, Jesus wins, okay? So let's just go to the end of the story. The final chapter is this. Jesus reigns supreme above all other things. He is the preeminent one, period. He's the king of kings, which means he's the king of the United States. He is the king of Afghanistan. He's the king of the world. He's the hope of the world, and yet, there is suffering in the kingdom. 
And so I want to read this scripture and then try to look at some context that we see our world today and have our hearts moved by something larger than ourselves and the comforts of the flesh to see if maybe God would have us do something. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this, You, however, have followed my teachings. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. You followed my teachings, my conduct, my aim in life. You followed my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse. Many of y'all know it looks like it's getting worse. The Bible is not confused. The Bible is, is very clear and has been for centuries. It's getting bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from what you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I work with TLC Management. It's a management group that oversees multiple nursing facilities, nursing homes around the state of Indiana. One of the owners of TLC Management, Dennis Ott, texted me this week, just reaching out, and he sent this text to me to kind of get some of the prayer going around TLC and is also around our church. But here's what this text said. Brock, I co-founded a ministry years ago with Dwight Robertson. Just to give you a, a heads up, Dwight Robertson, they started it in Marion, Indiana. However, Forge International Ministries is now in Colorado Springs, and they raise up pastors and missionaries to then go into all of the world and to plant churches. Okay, so Forge International. So I co-founded this ministry with Dwight Robertson. The ministry we founded has ties to the underground church in Afghanistan. What happened to this church breaks my heart and reminds me that we should stand up for freedom. Here's the Facebook post from Dwight Robertson, the president of Forge International. Here's how it reads. The underground church in Cabal... Uh, uh, cable, cabal, is that right? Cable? cable? Yeah, Afghanistan. Cabal, no? Cabal. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Afghanistan is now at home with the Lord. We received news that the underground church in Kabul, Afghanistan, has been martyred. 
our friends have been in contact and met together last night in deep prayer. The last words she spoke were, we feel your prayers because this supernatural boldness came over us and we were singing in the spirit. Even the kids said, mom, we will not deny Jesus. As they were on the phone, they heard screaming and gunshots. God is so powerful. They went on to be with their creator, filled with joy. So we will be fasting tomorrow for the churches. Keep praying. Their reward is great. May the enemy encounter Jesus and his love that they repent. The reality that there is suffering going on around the world, particularly with Christians that are being persecuted. If you ever thought reading your Bible, like, man, that day is going to be so far off, that day is here, it is now, and it is happening. And what is going on in Afghanistan right now should move us. Because the church is being wiped out and there are Christians that are being martyred and taken off of the face of the earth because they will not worship Islam, they want to worship Jesus, and that's a death sentence. If they make the, the transition in their hearts from Islam to Jesus, you're as good as dead. And for some of them, they're saying, that's the move I'm ready to make. I'll pick Jesus and I'll pick the grave over picking terrorism and Islam. I would rather die and be with Jesus, my creator, full of joy. Even their kids have steel in their spine and iron in their spirits, where they're unmoved, unswervingly looking up at mama. As mama is going to stand at this church in the presence of the Lord with the Taliban running in, and the babies look up at their mom, and they're saying, mama, we will not deny him. We will not deny Jesus. And as they're on the phone with their missionaries, they hear the gunshots and the cries screaming out as they are being martyred right now, today, this is happening. What does it take, America, for us to have steel in our spines, to have a, a white-hot affection before the Lord? To where we say, I will not be moved, and I will not be swayed, even in, in the darkest of days where there could be an onslaught upon my life, I will not waver, I will not be shaken. But there is a hope that has anchored my soul, and it's an unthwartable hope that I've tapped into something so much higher, it's more precious than life itself, to where their elementary students have got it. Jesus, help our church. Help us to be able to stand. People, I'll tell you why religious freedom is an absolute must and it's a hill we have to die on. Because it could look like this if there is extreme moves to wipe out the name of Jesus Christ.
religious freedom has to be it. There might be many things that move the needle in your heart. But can I tell you that there's one thing? Jesus said there's, there's one thing and it will not be taken from her. King David said there's one thing that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I would gaze upon this beauty. There's this one thing. The Apostle Paul said there's one thing, forgetting all of the other things from, from which are behind. I press on to this one thing, that I may know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. There's one thing. And can I tell you that it should be Christ and Christ alone and, and fighting for all of those to experience. It's, it's the religious freedom that we must be willing to fight for. What's going on right now? This is more stories that are, that are coming out. Earlier this week, a pastor said that the Taliban is coming in, killing people with a Bible app that is on their phones. One believer who received Christ six months ago and who is part of the church got killed this morning because the Bible app was found on their phone. The believer went outside in search of food, but never came back to his family. He was shot multiple times. This believer's last words were, I cannot wait to see you, Jesus. If you've ever wondered if persecution of Christians that was written about in the Bible centuries ago would ever come to pass again in our lifetime, wonder no more. It's happening right now all around the world. You know what's fascinating about this is in America... We have so much luxuries and so much freedoms. You know what a luxury is? A luxury is complaining that you got the wrong cream in a $6 coffee. That's a luxury. And that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. That something would move your heart so much because I... I bought coffee that I don't like the flavor of, that I've got to pour so much cream and other flavorings on to pay so much money that I don't really want to pay to get a product that I don't even enjoy. So then my response is, I want to complain about it. That's a luxury. I just wonder what, like Jesus, like do some audits in my heart. What moves the needle in my heart and why? Why does that matter? What is going on inside of me? To where I don't ache for what you ache for. Where my heart is not moved for what your heart is moved for. Where I come into the presence of the Lord and I'm unmoved. To where I would look upon the beauty of the Lord and he's boring and he doesn't move me. But to where I would come in and I would ache for what he aches for. I would be broken for what he breaks for. I would bleed for what he bleeds for. There was something that would be moving in my heart. That would be firing me up for something. And instead, I'm so distracted. We're distracted. There, I'll tell you, there's a death by distraction. And it's distracted with complaining. And I'll tell you, your life is way too good to be complaining about it this much. You were born in America. Should I go on? Or is that not enough? You live here. You live here. 
I have zero fear of anyone coming in that door and shooting us. Not that it couldn't happen. Number one, we got Dale's stinking car watching that door right now. <laughs> Rocking a Hawaiian shirt, ain't nobody coming through that door. Second line of defense, we got Joe, Dick, and, and Quentin. I wouldn't want to come through that group. I'm telling you, here's, here's the deal. We get to worship with zero fear. I didn't have fear this morning. But I'll tell you, we live with so much luxuries that we want to, to pinpoint little frustrations, and you live frustrated and offended by what? I, I, I notice in my own heart, whenever I live complaining, it's because I lack tremendous amount of perspective. You're just not aware. And maybe to no fault of your own, but get aware of what is going on around you so that you don't live in places of complaining. This man went to go food, to go get food, did not return. You go to get food, complain about it, and come home and eat it. And that's a tragedy. I'll tell you, here's the deal. Is we've got to gain some perspective. God, we want the mind of Christ. We want to see what is going on. And I only want my heart moved by what moves your heart. Christians in Afghanistan live in the second worst country for Christians, according to Open Door World Watch List. Afghanistan secured the second slot behind the regime of North Korea. Due to the practice of the killings and the apostasy of the laws that are going on in the situation in Afghanistan, it was already extremely dangerous for Christians, most of whom risked their lives to, confer, to convert from Islam. Conversion is considered, in the Taliban's eyes, to be apostasy that must be punished by death, said the former head of the U.S. Commissions of Religious Freedom and the current director of the Hudson Institute Center for Religious Freedom, Nina Shea, in an interview that she did with Christianity Today. It is impossible to live, she said, openly as a Christian in Afghanistan. Leaving Islam is considered shameful, and Christian converts face dire consequences in their new faith if their new faith is discovered either they have to flee the country or be killed that's your option you want to follow jesus you pack up and move or don't even pack up leave everything and get out of there or you're headed to the grave former u.s secretary of state mike pompeo has said that he fears that the ground has been laid for the potential genocide of Afghanistan Christians. This dire state comes days after the U.S. fully withdrew from Afghanistan, ceding control to the country, of the country to the Taliban. He says this, the humanitarian crisis that is developing as the Taliban returns to power is likely to become a genocide against Christians if this administration does not act, Pompeo said. 
he went on to warn that the persecution of Afghan Christians is only the beginning. Given that many of them are Muslim converts, a crime that is punishable by death under the dictates of the Sharia law, which the Taliban has openly embraced, the possibility of there being a genocide against Christians in the wake of this withdrawal is extremely high. One Afghan woman said this, I think we will be left here in this hell under the dark shadow of this tyranny. What she's experiencing right now, she likens unto hell. This must be what hell is like. And unless someone comes in to rescue from this reality, we will die in hell, is her response. And here's the deal. Either we flee and leave them, or we pray for supernatural interventions, or maybe God would move on some hearts in America to become missionaries in radical ways, to go and to charge the gates of hell. Don't let that just pass over you and just check out of that. Maybe God would move on some hearts to cause missionaries to go to these radical places and to charge the gates of hell. Maybe. Maybe it would happen. God did that very thing in a few men's lives in the 1950s. On January 8th, 1956, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, Ed McCauley, Peter Fleming, and Roger Uridarian were speared to death on the sandbar called Palm Beach in the Correa Rey River of Ecuador. They were trying to reach the Achaia Indians of the, for the first time in history with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don, this is where this scripture comes from. Jim Elliott, who was one of the missionaries there, his wife, perhaps you've heard her name, Elizabeth Elliott. She's written the book, Passion and Purity. She's written the book, Shadow of the Almighty. And she tells the story of the shadow of the Almighty, which comes out of Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When Jim Elliott was killed, he and Elizabeth had been married for three years, and they had a 10-month-old daughter. And he said, yes, I'll go. I'll go where this people group of Indians in Ecuador have never heard the gospel. My response, Jesus, is yes, I'll obey. And in the midst of hardship, I'll tell you this, guys, if you can, if you can say yes in the midst of hardship, and I don't care how hard it is, I don't care what the situation is, the answer to Jesus is yes. Yes, we'll do it. Yes, we'll go. Yes, we'll do whatever it is that you're calling me to do right now. While there, this is where Jim Elliott was slain. He was slain in the shadow of the Almighty. With God, even God still watching over. God allowing suffering. God allowing his own son to be persecuted and to die on the cross in the shadow of the Almighty. Jesus hung on the cross. 
in the shadow of the Almighty, what's going on in Afghanistan right now, what's going on in America, how Christians are even being squeezed out of the public arena, even in America today, is happening under the shadow of the Almighty. And so my response is, God, I just want to stay in your presence. I want to stay in the safety. I want to stay undercover of your wings. I want to stay obedient to what you've called me to do. I've got to stay. I've got to stay. I've got to stay, man. I've got to stay right here. I've got to live and breathe and move and have my being right here under the shadow of his wings. Because I'll tell you what, there could be guns and missiles and everything flying overhead, but I am safe under the shadow of the Almighty. And it may not be necessarily safety like you don't get shot and murdered, but I'll tell you one thing, is that we can punt this life in order to gain the next. That's a win. And for some people, they're willing to, to lose their lives in order to gain it. Instead of trying to save their lives and maybe deny Jesus, you're going to lose it. What's going on maybe in your own personal heart? What are you willing to, 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 to lose to gain this better life? What are you willing to, to say, no, there's some things that I want to just let go of that I can gain this whole much better experience of, of Jesus? Because there's a value exchange. There's a value exchange. And are we giving up the most precious thing in order to gain something that, that just isn't it? It's just not it, man. Or are we willing to, to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him in the midst of hardship? So Jim Elliott, in his journal, he wrote this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jim Elliott in Ecuador is writing his journals. And as he's writing in his journals, and I've seen pictures of his, of his journals, on this yellow tablet of paper, underlined in red, he wanted to remind everyone, whoever would find these journals someday, he is no fool who will give up what he cannot keep. I can't keep this anyway. I can't keep this life. I'm going to give up what I cannot keep in order to gain what I cannot lose. What is it, Jesus, that I need to shift in my own heart, that this needs to exit my life? Because I'm trying to hold on, I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to whatever, my own little deal that's going to cause me to die. I got to say, no, God, I want to choose the better life. There's a better story that Jesus is calling me to. And I'll tell you, there's some people that are doing it, even little kids in Afghanistan that are doing it right now. And as they lost their lives, all five of these missionaries did. Here's a picture of the wives and the children hearing the news that these five missionaries, this is a picture when they got the news, that their husbands and these fathers were all martyred in Ecuador. Alyssa, you're young. We're young-ish. You're over 40. You're young. They just got married, man. They're just starting out. And this group of five guys tell their wives, and they've got little kids, God's calling me. He's calling me to go. And so we're going to go. And we're going to go to this people group that we have no clue how they're going to respond. And we're going to do it. We're going to say yes. 
And in not too long from now, there's going to be people that are going to sit you down at the kitchen table and saying they are dead. And then you're going to write a book, and you're going to say they died in the shadow of the Almighty. And you're going to have such a God-centered thing that just washes over you saying, God, you're good. Even in the midst of hardship, you're still good. And then you're going to, and then what these wives did, you know what they did? They flew to Ecuador years later. And Nick Saint, who was the son of Nate Saint, becomes a missionary to the very same Indians that murdered his father. And he says, I love you guys. I love you. And I'm going to serve you. And he jumps back into their world, serving them and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And as he hears the stories come back to him about what his dad, Nate Saint, had done, he said, it hit me that the death of these five missionaries perhaps never happened at all. Because they don't, they didn't die, they continue to live. There is a way to outlive your life. And it is not by consuming unto yourself. It is about dying to yourself, embracing what God has called you to do, putting on some army boots and powering through it. Saying, come on, soldier, come on, woman of God, man of God, let's rise up, let's, let's shoulder the work, and let's go. Let's get to it. Right? And then you go and love on those that spitefully hurt you. And then you pray for your enemies whenever they persecute you. And you serve those even when they don't serve you back. This is the response of this family. So what are maybe some actions that we could do? I think, number one, we pray for the global church. I think we got to pray for the global church. And more than just ourselves and more than Jesus, help me because i got to hang nail. Like, we've got to go to another, another level. We do. We just got to go to a deeper place in prayer. And I hope that your hangnail, I hope that it, it, it gets healed. But there's some, there's some mega stuff going on in the world that we need to up our prayer game. And maybe do some fasting. Saying, Jesus, we need breakthrough. Fasting for our own church. Fasting for America that we would not have to walk these same paths where we don't have religious freedom. How about this? Number two. Going on a complaining fast. Just stop. Just do it. I just, I just challenge you. Just stop. You know what? Maybe perhaps you've got a day off tomorrow. Use it to not complain. Jesus, I'm going to focus. I'm going to go on 24 hours of actually looking at the fact that I was born in America. Maybe, maybe you've got a good church family that loves you. Maybe you've, maybe you've got some family and friends around you. God, what can I focus on? How about the fact that you've encountered the goodness and the grace of Jesus? Is that not enough? To hang there for a millennia of just focusing on the goodness of the Lord. I read this. The poor in America are better off than the majority of the rest of the world. Because the poor in America usually means you have a house, you have a car or two, you have an iPhone, and you probably buy $6 coffees. That's what it means to be poor in America. You know what? I need to get a different perspective. Every day, God, wash my perspective. Get me there. Get me there, Jesus. Let me be able to see the rest of the world. I don't want to live in complaining. I noticed this, that I complain for, for a few reasons, just the lack of awareness maybe, or of just what's going on in, 
in the world. I read this story too. One of the stories said that there was a woman that went out. There's, there's mega protests going on right now in, in Afghanistan for women just to be able to, to, to have jobs, for women to be able to have a, a position in government, for women to be able to, uh, to have any sort of a dignified role there. There was a woman that was out in search of food. She was beaten 60 times simply because she was not accompanied by a man. They're just thrown away like pieces of trash. I, so I just lack awareness. I think another reason why I complain is I don't own my own decisions. And so then I blame shift. It's everybody else's fault. It's everybody else's thing. I don't, my choices, my actions, whatever. Whenever I complain... I think, you know, the Bible would say, do all things without murmuring or complaining, and count them all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations, brothers. Like, you're thinking, dude, were you, you like, smoking something when you wrote that? Like, that's just silly. Like, we, we live to complain, man. We're very opinionated. I have the freedom to complain. I have so much freedom. Of the freedom of speech to tell you that you were an idiot on this one or whatever. And I love to exercise that, that freedom. So why were you saying to count it all joy when you go through trials and tribulations? And, and what kind of a meta is that? I think it's just the way of Jesus. I think it's the mind of God to be able to move and operate like that. Whenever I want to come in and I want to order a $6 coffee, I don't know why this is a big deal, maybe for somebody out there. And I want to tell you, like, I want dairy-free, gluten-free. I want everything free because I'm American. I want it all free. Um, you know, cow, you know, grass-fed, cow-free milk in my coffee. And then whenever it comes back and it was sugar-free, fat-free, cholesterol-free, taste-free, <laughs> oat milk, then I'm ready to flip the freaking table over, right? I'm ready, to, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And here's the deal. You know what? Own the decision, probably that you have bad taste in coffee because you got to cover it up. But you know what? How about this? The Bible would say this, to overcome evil with good. And so there's like some bummer inside of me that's just frustrated and it's ticked off and it's irritable and it's angry. And, and you know what? I want to overcome with good. And so, hey, you know what? Can I also get the person's coffee behind me? Can I pay for theirs as well? So now it's going to cost you $12 for a coffee you won't drink and one you don't like. And I'm going to overcome evil with good, and I'm going to say, Jesus, do something inside of me that I want to start giving. Instead of living frustrated, I want to move to this place of joy and just say, hey, yeah, but maybe next time, this is, you know, this, this, and this. It's all good, though. Do you want me to make another one? Nope. Let's Unless you want to, sure. But no, I'll, I'll take mine and I'll take theirs. I'm going to just move in places of joy and forgiveness and openness and love. It's just a much better place to live. And own your attitude when life isn't awesome. Own it and move and, and live under the shadow of his goodness. And this is where we live and we dwell. God is good and gain perspective. You got that coffee and you don't have to worry about making it home. You'll make it home. And to live where I can own my life and it helps me be more thankful and then number three i think we can do this so we want to pray for our country right we want to own our decisions and stand steady 
and stand strong for religious freedom in America. Let's not waver on this one. If there's a hill you want to die on, this is the one. This is the one that we want to fight for. We want to live in the presence of the Lord. God, I'm going to live in in your presence, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand is pleasure forever. And whenever I gaze upon him and I see the beauty of the Lord and the presence of God come upon my life, and I live in his word, and I know the word of God, and I'm unmoved by anything else outside. Nothing moves the needle in my heart like the presence. And whenever I get in here, then I start feeling the presence of the Lord. And I want to live here, and I want to dwell in his presence. And from that place, I get courage to stand. From that place, I I gain a perspective of how I want to live my life. So let's pray. Stop whining about how good your life is. And let's also stand for religious freedoms. Because this, at the end of the day, is what we've got to continue to fight for. Whenever I look at how the disciples ended their lives that Jesus had called them. They had gotten caught up with this Jesus that just moved them. Man, he moved them. And we'll, we'll wrap here with this. Listen, we jump on the piano just real quick. Guys, I don't want to go to a church that just makes me feel good. I want to go to a church that moves and vibrates my spirit to change something and to do something about it, right? And so we'll know the truth. The truth will set us free. And so I want to know some of these things. And so these guys that got caught up with a vision of Jesus, that they were willing to lay their lives down. And church family, I want to encourage us, let's not be caught off guard. If some things start getting taken away from Christians, be ready to stand. Here's how these disciples ended it. Andrew was martyred in Greece under the reign of Nero. He was crucified on an X-shaped cross. Because he felt unworthy to die as the same death as his master. Bartholomew, preaching in India, died a martyr's death. He was filleted alive with knives. James the Elder, he was martyred first. He was slayed by Herod Agrippa. James the Lesser was crucified in Egypt. His body was sawed in pieces. John the Revelator. An attempt was made upon his life by giving him a chalice, a poison from which he drank, and God saved him. And then he was thrown into a vat of boiling oil, and he was left to die on the island of Patmos. Jude was killed. He was shot with arrows on Mount Ararat. Matthew, he laid down his life for Jesus. History records he became a missionary and disappeared in his missionary journeys. Can you imagine just going on a mission trip and you just just disappear? And you're gone. Whatever happened to Matthew? Peter was martyred. He requested that he would be crucified upside down. He felt that he was not worthy to die as his Lord had died. Philip, he was in Upper Asia. And he was scourged and thrown into prison. He died by hanging. While dying, he requested that his body be wrapped not in fine linen, but in papyrus. He felt he was not worthy to, that his, even his body would be treated as the body of Jesus. Simon the Zealot, he traveled throughout Africa. Tradition says that he died on the mission field, crucified as a martyr. Thomas, tradition says that he 
was commissioned to build a palace for the king in India, and there he was killed with spears as a martyr. These guys, man, these guys inspire me. We're going to stand in heaven someday, and we're going to give an account for our lives. And I want these kind of guys to look at my life and to say, well done, Brock. Well done. Come on. Church family, I don't know what, what you're doing with your life, but there's something that God is calling you to more, and what we're playing around with isn't it. It's time to punt the comforts, and we're negotiating with sin, and we're entertaining the far lesser story. When God's calling us to step up and to live the way that he's called us to live, and in light of what's going on in the world, say, Jesus, here am I. Send me. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Put some steel in my spine. Put some, put some iron in my spirit that I'd be able to stand. I'd be able to fight for some things that matter, even to the point of death. God, you're the one thing that moves my heart. God, you're the one thing. I, I leave everything else I consider rubbish except for the one thing of knowing Christ Jesus and the fellowship of his sufferings. And so church family, I'm calling us, let's go to another place in our faith. Let's respond with a yes to Jesus that so we would say, Jesus, you're the, you're the thing that moves us. You and only you. And I want to pray and I want to fast and I want to stop whining about it and I want to fight for things that matter. Whew. Come on. We're going to close here. Would you all stand with me? And as we close, Alyssa, would you sing this song? And if you all would just sing this hymn to the Lord and just say, Jesus, there's this the cry of my heart is to respond back with this prayer. Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just ask you that our life would make sense in the light of eternity. He is no fool who will give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. In Jesus' name.
So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.